welcome everyone um, um if you guys were already there then welcome back and if you guys are have joined us uh, for this session for the first time then uh, welcome i am priyanka my name is uh, uh, sorry i am a ux researcher and trainer at ux expert and uh, we have mr tushar deshmukh with us who is the founder of ux expert who has provided us this amazing platform um and he is also um director at ux ui training lab uh today he is going to um moderate this session with us and uh, we have our third speaker of the day uh, creative director and proprietor at beyond design bhavika shah um uh, being passionate about marketing and design she has been in the field for the last 20 years uh, she founded beyond design in 2006 and it is an all girls design consultancy uh, their core strength lies in innovative communication strategic design uh, branding and packaging she holds a masters degree in graphic design from uh, savannah college of art and design usa uh, she has also taught branding and design at isdi parsons mumbai uh, which is affiliated from new york um she has worked with some of the most in iconic brands of all times including taj hotels uh, marriott hotels and resorts uh, um, pyramal healthcare kalpataru construction uh, robinsons global logistics oberai international school asian paints uh, the mahindra united world college magic bus and other emerging companies She has been in the jury for several design awards and teaches design in several renowned colleges. Today, she is going to talk to us about storytelling and branding. Welcome, Bhavika. Hi, Priyanka. Thank you for having me. Uh, Hi, Tushar. Thanks Hi. for the opportunity. Hi, Bhavika. Hi. Hi. Tushar, to uh, conduct the session now, and I'll take it. Thanks, uh, Priyanka. Uh, welcome, Bhavika, uh, and thanks taking time Hi. out, time out for design community and hope for everybody at safe at home. And today, as uh, as to, on occasion of Gandhi Jayanti, we are celebrating women entrepreneurship. And so that is, uh, and we are line up of all great speakers today. So we already have two sessions earlier. Now, currently, now we are interact. in with bhavika uh i think bhavika we know i think each other very long time and this is the first time this way we are interacting and great to be and always uh, i follow you on on social networks linkedin beyond design how it was uh, so it is all as priyanka said it is all girls team and this today is a woman so at the first name i think uh, you know when i decided to conduct on um, this topic i think the first thing which i come in mind it is us nine you should have been in, on this panel for the discussion uh, so great uh, great to have you yeah so let's start today as thank you so much to sharan thank you for doing this uh, women's panel and encouraging women to come on board okay. uh yeah so to, uh, so let's start as a today's our core topic is about branding and storytelling but before we come to the our main topic uh, just you can you know tell us about your journey how your education journey and what are the challenges and then obviously you were 
entrepreneurship where you started your own company. So you can just share your information so that I believe everyone's journey is you know the inspiration for everybody. And there are a lot of young people are today in our audience. So that is uh, that you can just share with uh, how you Lovely. become. You know, yeah. I'd love to share the journey because I do feel that that's what makes you who you are. Um, I did start off at the Bombay International School and uh, I did my uh, 10th standard also in art. So there was always this little inclination towards art. Uh, starting right at the beginning, my mother is an artist and my father's a businessman. So I think this is a culmination of the two. Um, I've always been inclined towards art and design from quite a young age. So I started there. The ICSE was a very uh, rigid, modulated Indian way of teaching where we had only still life and nature drawings. After that, I went to the UWC, which was again, a bold move um, by the parents to send me because we were the first IB batch in India. And uh, learning art there really changed my perspective towards what art and design can be. Um, at that point, we learned that, you know, we were actually, I'll give you this example because it's a nice one. We were put into small rooms and uh, I, I was the Indian student. There was a Polish student, Australian student. And we were told to use our art skills and do whatever we felt like. And the, when we came out of the room, I had started with a little, you know, crayon on the side of the room and the Polish student had taken buckets of paint and actually thrown them around. So it kind of gave you perspective into um, how we were wearing horse blinds and we needed to sort of remove it and uh, break boundaries and sort of, you know, so much was possible. And that's when my eyes opened to things that are possible. Post that, um, I was uh, told to do my bachelor's in India. And at that point, I was quite against my parents because everybody went abroad. And today, very grateful because I feel that Indian sense of design and aesthetic came in when I did my bachelor's at uh, the MS University in Baroda. And I feel we have such a strong culture, story, um, design sense, aesthetic in India, from all our old carvings to um, everything that we have around the country, uh, embroidery and every art skill that we have. So that's where the base started. Um, I went after that for my master's to the Savannah College of Art and Design in Savannah, Georgia. And uh, there I sort of opened up to minimal design, semiotics, infographics. So this is the base story where the culmination of minimal design and uh, Indian aesthetics comes into play together, which is what we try to follow as the brand language for Beyond Design. Um, to start Beyond Design was another story altogether. I had actually stopped working. I was sitting at home. I did change six jobs in um, six months and overall had decided that I didn't feel like working and wanted a break, etc. At that point, my parents sat me down and said, then they'll throw me out of the house. <laughs> so it was quite a bad situation. And um, yeah, they said, you have to get a job and I refused to get a job. So the push was required. Um, I did not get a job. And then I, I wanted to start my own company and they said, you have no experience. And, you know, rightly so, they wanted me to work a little longer. But I did feel that that was the time when design was going from hand to computer and I had just learned my software. 
um, everyone in design studios in India was still hand drawing logos, which was a big, big jump for the design field. Right. And that's when I took a small loan of 24,000 rupees from my nanny, um, who gave it to me, but insisted she wanted it back. And that pushed me really hard to sort of start working with from my bedroom with seven interns from JJ College on my bed scribbling because we had one computer. But yeah, so the push from the parents, the loans from the nanny, a lot of family support and that's how it all began. And being very young and for some reason happy to take the risk at that age. I was all of 23 or 24 years old when I started. I think that was really a, a quite fascinating start you have. Uh, and uh, you can just tell about you know how your team is all about and how you build up your team because when we start we talk about design then we should have a correct resources with you uh, because you should have a, that mindset. Uh, so can you just tell tell us about you know, how you build build up your team and. That's actually a very interesting question and I don't have a normal answer because um, initially when I started Beyond Design, um, I'll go back to dad's always said keep costs low and I sort of stuck with that. So I had very, very junior interns joining me, uh, which worked really well for me initially. But then I had MBA students approach me and say, hey, we want to join you to run your studio. And we had the clientele, we had good work with God's Grace coming to us purely through word of mouth. And as you know, I don't believe in awards. We don't do much of press. So I've never participated in anything beyond. Um, so the name was not out there, but we had MBA students approach us. We didn't take that path. I had one or two girls join me who said, we'll work free for you. And we still want to you know, work and figure this out. And that's where the passion lied. It wasn't about them working free. It was just about that commitment. The attrition rate in design is very high, but being an all-girls team, we've been very adjusting to people's timings, people's home situations. And I can proudly say that the team today is a bunch of girls who worked with me 10 years ago. And they've actually come back to me after doing several jobs. Uh, and they've come back as married women with children, but they know that there is the flexibility. So today was, for example, a working day for us. And I did realize that all of their family members had a holiday because of Gandhi Jayanti. And uh, we just decided that they can do the work as and when they please over the weekend. So we don't uh, run away from the work. We've, we've, I can again very proudly say my team has been my strength and they've never missed a deadline. Uh, we're still all in touch and we just calculated we've been around 112 girls over the years and I never have more than 10 at a time. So yeah, it's been lovely. They've been, I've had a fantastic team all through um, a balance of copywriters, illustrators and designers. I have uh, never spent on client servicing because I feel like clients still see me as the front and want to speak to me. So that's something that we've always had a support system on. So I've always had someone work with me, but essentially someone who also works with the girls and gets along. So it's been a very, there's no hierarchy, there's no senior junior designers and intern does the same job a senior designer does. And I feel like today some of my best interns have done um, fantastic logos for really big brands. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. it feels creative on which day. <laughs> right. 
but uh, apart like you, you should have a great team with you and similarly you should have a great leader like you so just can you tell me how you manage uh, being you know house you have to manage kids and everything and then you have to manage the company and how was that struggle and how, how was the journey with you it's not always easy i'm not going to say it's easy uh, being a woman entrepreneur there are so many um, hiccups that come in your life but again i've had very very supportive in-laws and a fantastic husband who's always pushed me uh, whenever i say can i just shut down and be done with this he has never uh, ever allowed for that to happen um we've uh, when it comes to leadership i do feel like it's something that um, has been inherent and um, it's I, I do feel I've been watching people work over the years and kind of taking things from them, but it's all about balance. And I think it's about being organized. So the minute, whenever I started, I took a lot of systems from dad's company that he was running, other companies that I'd seen, a lot of workshops and sort of learned that systems tend to help you save on a lot of time. So we have very simple systems. We have a morning call, we have an evening call. We have updates with JPEGs at the end of every evening, uh, which have really helped balance my time because I tend to go in only for a couple of hours, but I give feedback on every single design that leaves the office because I don't feel comfortable without that. But I do feel that uh, it was all about being organized and having systems in place. And as a team, we've never worked beyond seven in the evening. So that's... Another big point in the ad and design world where a lot of clients actually um, get very upset to hear that in the beginning, especially retainers or hotels. And at that point, I have reasoned with them and explained to them that we've not missed a deadline. We'll have your work done, but we also need that time so that balance. And I try to get that balance for the team more than myself. I work crazy hours. <laughs> But I don't let the team because I do think it's important that they now go back and have time, family time, even just break time from what you're doing because it is a creative process. And uh, a lot of hotels have said no to me purely based on timing because they said, but what if we have a brief at eight in the night? And I said, then we do it the next day morning. <laughs> and they've come back to us. It's been 15 years now. We've got most of our clients with us and it's been the balance has, I feel, worked uh, and has a lot more pros than cons as we've gone ahead. So now, as uh, our today's topic is also about branding and, and the storytelling that we support, we are talking. I think what you, what you said so far, it is, I think, every human uh, entrepreneurship, a lot of takeaways from that discussion. So as we talk about clients, uh, you know, as a uh, so, so essentially, uh, we are around 15 years old now and we've worked across categories. We worked um, in law, we've worked in FMCG, we've worked in accounts, we've worked across we have worked with um, over 400 clients and the journey has been very, very interesting because what happens is every time we work with a brand, we try to do a deep dive in the brand and understand the space, which actually gives us a lot of perspective in every uh, space that we're working in. 
and uh, again coming back to story and branding uh, i feel everything is about a story and on, the only things that are remembered are things that kind of stem of stories uh when it comes to clients we have a few very interesting stories uh, i'm happy to share one we've um because examples is the best way to do this we had a company called the goodness company where uh, it's a company that basically has products only that are good for you so they are essentially bamboo toothbrushes or copper vessels or even date sweetened chocolates um and basically they came to us saying sorry can you hear me yes yes i can hear okay so they came to us saying they wanted us to develop this very organic natural looking brand which would essentially be in greens and browns and they said we'll take an olive green and a dark brown and work with it and at that point we did a deep dive in the brand and understood it and also realized that all the competitors are doing that so at that point we said no we're not going to do that let's think of something out of the box and let's have our own story so we decided to do and work with the brand in black and white because we also said black and white is very honest it's very truthful there are no gray areas so we converted the whole brand to black and white and then every product was very colorful so the packaging the outer packaging and the brand was black and white and if you had a chocolate bar it was in a bright red or a bright blue that also it was pure colors so we decided we'll work with very honest colors not a mix of colors and then they had a very nice story to work with so this brand is in the UAE and they've done exceedingly well and um So similar stories for brands when we worked with Rahul Akerkar on his new restaurant Qualia we hand painted the logo because he is all about doing everything by hand and um, you know it was all about a interesting finish to the logo and it didn't he didn't want a basic shape also we do try and do a lot of our work by hand initially because otherwise everything looks like it's come from pinterest so this is something for every designer who's listening uh i think we have to ensure as designers that we don't copy or use too much i mean we can use it as inspiration but not an identical reference from the internet purely and purely because uh in the last one week i've seen at least 10 brands and now people are mocking at it that are designed by great design houses but are complete copies of other brands so as a design community i think we need to really pay attention to this and sort of correct how we're doing this or how our designers and our team are working um yeah so those are a few examples of brands that we've worked with and kind of changed their path and their story to make sure that we get an interesting version of it so with respect to saying okay, i i i have so much experience with handling so much great clients and so what do you think about you know, Uh, so what is branding itself and what is your approach when you when you, you know, take up any project or when you face start in one any particular plan so what is you your method methodology or approach and what is branding itself as per your views so i start with the first part of your question on what is branding to me and over the years and um studying and going through books we came to a very short definition of how a brand is a promise and branding is a promise delivered uh just to expand on that i feel like a brand is not something that you see on paper or on screen 
a brand and a branding process is something that you see through an organization. Even how the pune at an office approaches you is the brand values of your company to how a leader from a team talks to you. So taking that further into how we work with brands to achieve this, um, we essentially do a 90 minute to 120 minute meeting where we do a deep dive with a lot of the uh, team members of the brand that we're working for. And this could involve seniors, juniors, owners. And I do feel like we try to get a mix. The first thing we do before that meeting is we send them a brand questionnaire. So this is for them to come and sync and each one fills it individually. And they realize that even two owners or partners in a company are thinking very differently mm -hmm. about their own brand. Right. Um, for designers, and to make it easier for designers, I think it's very important that the brand, uh, the team and the client is in sync. So when the clients are in sync and understand what their brand is, it becomes a lot easier for us to understand the brand and then work on it. So we do the brand questionnaire, mind maps, mood boards, words associated with the company. And then move on. Once everyone's in sync, we do a deep dive into the brand, which is more like a consulting role. But I do think to develop a brand, it's very, very important to have that deep dive session. So where we understand the brand from the owner, because I, again, do feel owners know their brands best. Uh, designers feel like we know their brand best, but they are ultimately the business owners. They have more experience with it. They have understood their product better. So we take a lot of information and we ask them simple questions like, is your product traditional or modern? Is your product fun or serious? So often they say, but we're fun and serious. Okay, then what do you want your product to project? So we did a similar session recently with a food packaging company and we're still working on it. So I won't give you the name, but that's when they said, okay, we're serious because we supply for wholesale and we are very playful because we're going retail and we it was a very tough decision but that's when we decided we needed two sets of packaging because our target audience and our unique selling points were completely different so that's how we essentially uh, get the client to agree to things that we're saying because we reason out with them there's a lot of brainstorming that goes into it so the design process is not as long but the pre-design process is very detailed and long and post design is a bit longer because still uh, even if the client's happy if we're not happy as a team we still rework the design um, and we essentially rework it and I feel like the more you rework a design and relook at it for a couple of days you realize the longevity so how long is that design going to last taking me back to logos used to last a hundred years but now with the digital era uh, their lifespan has become very, very short-lived if they're not dynamic. So that's really, really important to have again when you're designing a logo or a brand. So we do consider that in our branding process and we do maybe do intermediate logos also. So we did that with the Indian Merchants Chamber. They had a hundred year old logo and they were very worried that um, if we lose out and if we lose brand value, if we change our logo, will people forget who we are? And that's when we sit back with them. We did that with Anchor Plywood. We've done that with a lot of companies because they have so much heritage. The how do you maintain that and move on and get dynamic and relevant? So we did that with them and we've given them an intermediate logo, which is just a clean font and said, once people get used to this, this change, it's a smaller step. We would then work on a bigger step. 
to kind of introduce a symbol. So uh, that's another process that we've been working on when it comes to rebranding a known brand. So, okay, and with this, I have one very uh, question, you know, because there are a lot of, uh, today we have a representation of the IT sector, the typical software industry also. And there also we need uh, logos and branding and everything. So have you faced similar kind of, a, you know, the time pressure or there is a conflict with customer, they want within, then how you tackle those issues? Because see, there is a, a little bit uh, scenarios different uh, when you talk about IT companies, mindset is typically as a designer basically, because they want, and that's, that is the reason maybe uh, you know, the upcoming uh, designers may look for a reference on a Google and they try to use the dribble or Behance to take an inspiration. And many times we call it as an inspiration, but mostly we see the template based or copy based design. So how you can add, you know, address the young designers in that respect, you know, how to be uniqueness and what is the advantage you get with your process with those things? Yeah, so this is something that's, it's a big topic right now because you are seeing a lot of copies and now they're being pulled up and you're seeing a lot of copyright infringement and you're seeing, and a lot of people who say, hey, I'll design my own logo. Why do I need you? Why should I pay you so much money for you to scribble a symbol for me? Yeah. And that's why sometimes we do the deep dive process uh, without a charge for them to understand that we do know what we're talking about. So for the younger designers out there, thinking design, not just copied design. Why you put every mark on the paper? Um, why you put a dot at the end of a logo or even a sentence becomes really important. Do you want it to be a dot or a comma? Uh, it might not be grammatically correct, but do you have a design language for that in your logo, in your branding and every single so when I work with my team, my question back to them, we start with sketching because I do feel we still start by hand because the minute you look for referencing, you are getting uh, very influenced by what you're seeing and it's only natural. Uh, I'm not saying it's something that's wrong. It's natural because you see the references and then when you're sketching, that's all you think about. So we do, when I give them a brief, the first couple of hours is only sketch without looking at the screen. Uh, that actually gives us a very strong platform to begin with. Post that when you move to the screen, it's okay to take a color combination that works for you because we all reference timelines are always tight. Um, being very, and the, I mean, anyone we ask when, when do you need this yesterday? No one's given me six months for a logo. So this is another thing that in college you do get but you don't after. So often designers join us and they wonder why, but this is purely because people don't have that kind of time. Uh, before I divert into that, I will come back to what you asked. So essentially I do feel that sketching, deep diving and thought through design, think of what is very real, what is relevant to your client. And trust me, no logo works for two clients, even in the same industry. Um, today, whether it's a juice brand, it, their brand is different, their personality is different, their founder's personality is different. Today, there is several design studios, but today what I, Beyond Design has developed its own language and uh, other design studios have their own language. And today clients come to you because you have your language. And the same thing goes with food packaging or spice packaging or 
anything and your clientele and your founder need to relate to it so i do think being real relevant and relatable is very very important when you're designing in covid times just to put it out there yeah. clients have come to us with two days for a logo and at that point i have said no i'm not doing justice to you and reasoned with them why done a brand deep dive and exercise a questionnaire and at that point they're like okay we will take a month to understand our brand <laughs> so often you put it back in their court and say no you need you are investing so much in your brand and your brand is your baby and this is a child you are going to grow up with so if you want it to be a presentable adult you do want to give it that time and attention that you give a child so that's right. how we work right. with a lot yeah. of our clients so yeah. indirectly you are talking about uh, the personality for the brand itself so Absolutely. i think that related to the even the uh, identity of that you know, brand itself so what is your take in for that you know how you build uh, how you what are the efforts uh you take for to build this identity itself we put in most of our efforts in that because i do think that the identity of a brand and the personality you give it is who it becomes as you go forward um a lot of our brands say but it's just a quick symbol we'll change it later no you can't have a baby give it away and have another one because it's not going to carry the traits of that one forward i keep referring to a brand as a baby because it becomes a really simple way for people to understand uh and your clients also to understand that it's not something you can keep changing yes you can with changing times because you have two kids often but at the same time it is something that you're giving a lot of time and attention to so an identity what we tend to do with all our brands um is insist on a brand manual this is what gives it that personality and brand uh, brand values and our brand manual is not just visual it's got mood boards it's got fonts it's got typefaces it's got colors but it's also got personality definitions based on are you aggressive are you not are you caring are you not you don't have to be a caring brand uh, you might be a very um straightforward brand you might be a very you might want to be a complicated brand so defining the personality and the traits of the brand in the brand manual become very crucial because tomorrow if you change uh, design studios i understand the brand because i created it but if you change design studios and want an ad created by another design studio the minute you give them that brand manual they understand your brand a lot better without you explaining it because when you explain it you kind of miss out on a lot so the minute they know your traits your personality and what you stand for they do understand better where they should take your brand further because often you'll move to a social media agency after that how we all, and what we do for our clients is we brief the social media agency and the web design agency that they move on to uh, we do the web design in house we brief the coding agency social media we don't do much in house we just do a few designs for the social media agency to understand but again to maintain that brand value and the same language and identity it's very very important for them to understand the thought process with which it was created a simple example is if i have a big red circle and a small blue triangle if they put it the other way they are portraying a very very different story from what i wanted to convey so the story leads us to the identity and uh, before we touch 
any brand logo, we make sure we define its story. So some packaging we're doing right now and we couldn't find any story that was very interesting and that often happens. So you're going to ask me, but where do I get the story from? It could be the life story of the founder. It could be where your factory is located. Um, it could be the story of a cow around where your story is located. But um, it does. It is very important to have that base and foundation because it is the foundation of your building. And then your all your blocks are being built on that. So basically, it is uh, in, in, in UX terminology we call it the user research. So it is all about, I think, research a designer has to do. So in coming back to, uh, we, are, we are talking uh, many things about logos. Uh, and, and logo and branding is very, uh, very, you know, very associated with each other. So what is the exact role of even logo or when you create any uh, illustrations and any design element? Uh, so how the value added the branding and what is your take for that? So um, putting it very simply again, the logo is the soul of your brand and then you're building everything visual around it. So the logo is what should convey your story. Uh, that being said, lo a logo without a story is just a symbol. A logo yeah. without an identity is just a mark. And then that doesn't. So they do go hand in hand. Uh, Again, very, very important when you create a logo to make sure it's not something that exists because a logo is something that someone's going to live with. Uh, we're finding this a lot uh, in the market where logos are complete copies of what exists. So, and it could be a coincidence. Again, I'm not blaming um, any designer who does it, but when you do a logo, remember for that client, it's everything. So maybe put it in a Google search and see if it exists as an image or even anything close to it, because then you're kind of losing value even for your design if it's something that exists. And sometimes it's hard to let go of. We've often found logos that we have designed completely individually exist already. It, and uh, that's when we have to go back to the drawing board and say, no, this we have to rework this. So it happens by mistake or by actual, but a logo is something that is key to a brand and uh, its visual identity. And I say visual because it has, like I said, it has a personality, it has a story, it has a lot besides its visual identity, but a logo is what people see first. It gives them that buying power. It gives them that uh, trust in the brand. So it's very important to have a strong dynamic logo. In today's times, if it's um, a digital company versus a food company versus uh, an app-based ordering company, your logo does have different um, personalities and traits and even technical specifications that it needs to follow. Purely because um, if it's a completely digital company, you can have that movement in a logo. You can have the gradients in a logo. But if it's a print-based packaging, FMCG-based company, very important to have a single, minimal, clean-colored logo because they will Xerox so many papers. They will uh, Your Xerox machine might not work well, but your logo needs to look right in black and white. So we as a team, even for digital companies, feel it's very strong and it's very important for a logo to look good in black and white. And that's the test for me. And as we are talking about this branding uh, so much, I think participants are also now uh, getting uh, insight about that. Uh, 
being a it company uh, you know i we have found this many times regards to you know uh, for many times uh, the trend is now shifted to uh, using some frameworks some color uh, the preset libraries and those things uh, and very many, many times the technical you know jargon is sort of there we have to use bootstrap we have to use material colors only uh, the, the color schemes basically i am talking so but in respect of branding you know i think the colors are very much has to role has to they have to play very much role so can you put some light on that you know how you do a color selection or how the color theory works basically and what is the value because see nowadays what happened in you know, the it sector basically we just use even not only the design we just we copy colors also so from ready made some behance or driven we just go and color palette we use just even the color palettes also there are a lot of tools are also available like adobe has really has the color that kind of a right. tools are there so what do you think you know the people or designers should definitely there is a need of that also but as per you as per your understanding the color theory is i think crucial role as to play so you can just put a light on that also so the team came to me with a very similar question saying hey but we are using color palettes that exist and i said that's absolutely fair but that's something that someone else has developed um so their next question was how do we develop color palettes and we gave it a lot of thought saying where do color palettes come from how are color palettes made and how do we want to make color palettes and why do how do we want to be different uh we as a team take our major inspiration from nature So now what we do is we pull up a very interesting photograph and we realize that the green of the grass and the blue of the sky work together. An orange and a blue might not work beautifully together or might but when you take it from a sunset they do work beautifully together. Uh we do draw a lot of our color inspiration from nature purely so that we're not copying that being said we do stay away from a lot of colors so we are now working with a financial firm who last week told me that standard chartered green and blue will work for us <laughs> so that's when i turn around and say no but that's what we don't want to do because when they look at you they should not think you're standard chartered so that's when we turn around and say but why don't we develop palettes and they say no 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 how can you change that that you know it's a formula that works to us we give them the palette sometimes clients agree sometimes they don't again being very real about the situation but uh, i do think that a lot of clients have been convinced like that organic brand in green and brown and today they're black and white and they're so happy with where they're at so uh, again this stems from your mood board your mind map your thought through design and then take colors that depict that personality today if you are a strong aggressive brand and if red works for you it works for you but don't take red if you are a muted but you can definitely take a red if you are a muted brand if you take the right shade of the red so the shade the tonal value the contrast in your secondary color palette a lot depends on and each color comes with a lot of personality so for uh, a couple of years i was only teaching color theory at shrishti in bangalore and there we focused a lot on going out taking photographs seeing today the um, number of greens you can get in nature no adobe software can yet give me <laughs> so i do feel like our color palettes outside are so inspirational 
even if you look back into indian design into embroidery um yes we did use very very bright colors in some we used muted in some maybe we didn't use them in the right combination but because they were natural dyes uh they were so beautifully i mean if you just pick those colors we have a lot of ready color palettes online but how do we break out of that how are we different i think this is a great way to do it birds in their feathers you have fantastic color scheme so if we go back to it uh, my mom's always painted nature so i've kind of looked at that and sort of realized that that nothing beats uh, flowers birds and nature for color exactly that, that thing i think people should learn as a designing upcoming talent for the basically uh, the color theory is not is not a rocket science it is there and you have to just absorb the colors but when we talk about it's simple to copy them sorry it's right. simple to copy them but to actually create your own color palette has a different level of uh, happiness that comes from it if you're passionate about doing color and probably now next logical questions question will be you know we're talking about color and color brings a lot of emotions also and even in the brand as you said you can get inspiration from the founder's story also so a lot of things there then a lot of emotional touch because maybe some brand it is for the legacy brand so they have a lot of emotion attachment there so how we tackle with those thing and uh, what your approach is in beyond design what Uh, look how, how much any designer put emotion as a priority and how they can bring back emotion in their in designs so i think the emotional quotient is a huge part of what we do um in a branding exercise i would say it takes up up to 30 to 40% of um the importance when you weigh it with other um parameters but essentially um and there are different ways of tackling emotion and the different ways of having emotion so if it's an old legacy brand like you said uh, the grandfather has an emotion the father has an emotion and the son doesn't care about those because he says we need to move on uh when it comes to and at that point we kind as a studio we go back and we interview all three and we realize that the son has the same emotion and the same passion but the grandfather has a different way of showing it because his emotion lies in his founder status in uh, what his initial thoughts were and then actually that is where a lot of strength lies because that is his story so we kind of link emotion back to story um, and tell the story from there to the front and then pick the part of the story you want to tell uh but different maybe your website can have your more dynamic because it's quicker people have less time approach but if you're doing a brochure maybe it's nice to put the entire story in so where you put which parts of the emotion in a family run business becomes really important i also feel it very strong um that i think it's very important to consider everyone's emotion in a brand um because it it there's a legacy to it and you can always pull out things that are very very comforting from a founder story so that is how we work with older brands but when it comes to newer brands which are startups um you build a story and we try to build every story around emotion because 
that emotion that made you start the story, the emotion that made me start Beyond Design saying, hey, otherwise I'm going to be thrown out or <laughs> hey, my parents really want me to do this and they're going to back me. So there was a gut of, I have the support. My in-laws push me, I have the support. They are not good. So when that emotion is shown in the branding, it uh, I think is really important. So we do a backward integration into every member's story. Uh, the personality of a pun in a company and his story and how that emotion comes in. And when you talk to him about your company, he can also depict that emotion in simply serving a coffee. So emotion, there's a lot of ways of looking at the emotional quotient in branding, whether it's when you're starting the process or when you're continuing the process. Um, a lot of people are very attached to their logos and don't want to change it. And that's when we come in and say, don't change it, just tweak it. Because there is a lot of emotion since you are connected to it. You're one person, but your thousands of clientele are also as connected to it. So you might not want to change it completely. You might want to just make it more relevant and more relatable for the youth if that is your new target audience. Uh, so we think of the target audience, we think of the unique selling points, we think of the positioning, we come to an insight and then kind of have that emotion mixed with the insight to make sure that the power of the brand remains and the emotion behind the brand is consistent. Uh, there is something called happiness in design, you know, so there's a lot of brands which are just like we want that quotient to come in. And then that becomes a tough one to kind of show. And we're working with a current packaging brand where he's like, I just wanted to feel happy, you know, because today people are going through so much and uh, with COVID, with being at home, with um, joint families, with illnesses, with different uh, aspects. And I want a family to share this food and all I want it to look is happy. So people are coming with um, briefs that are emotion based, which is absolutely fantastic to have. Uh, I don't need the answer. And before they want to become because today there is a strict uh, you know, confusion between they have whether they want to go to the ui or they want to go to the develop front-end development because i have seen a lot of uh, creative people are shifting their career to the you know, technical side and after a few years they got frustrated you know whether i'm not i'm not getting those inspiration because maybe the process oriented company way the it company works and and reverse way also. Many people are technical, but due to some reason, they want to shift to the design. So this battle is ongoing battle between, that's why we have UX, UI, confusion all around the industry. Yeah. So, so what is, uh, no, what is your advice, you know, what they, you know, let's say what they want to start, you know, what, what they prepared and what, where they can reach, where they can start. Because I believe not all are coming from a design school. You know? That is also one of the problems we face when we go yeah. for hiring. So we never, we, I think you are lucky in Mumbai that you get a judges school of students, right? Uh, unfortunately, yeah. in other, you know, because we know how JJ uh, is, you know, build people and uh, as a designer, perspective. 
so we get that uh, vacuum in you know irrespective of designers but i'm not blaming the you know, talent because they want to build they want to come out as a, they want to become a designer but because of they don't have a design so as a training a formal design training two years three years four years but still they have a interest in the uh, design field so you know for those what what is your experience advice how they can start i'm facing this from day one um it's all to me now i've concluded it's all about passion if you are passionate about design you can learn it we have so many online resources we have so many courses we have so many mentors so many professors i have been happily teaching design to anyone who comes to me and says hey i have an engineering background can you teach me design and i'm like okay why do you want to do design so the first thing to do with yourself is be very very honest is this really what you want to do is that where your skills lie i've had designers who've joined me and i've realized that they're not meant for design they don't want to design and this is with masters degrees so 6 years 6 8 years in design and they come to me and i'm here like my reason is you're such a fabulous content writer why are you designing or you're technically so good why are you designing and that's when they say but we studied design no it's not i mean it's great if you do study design and align with it and it works but it's not necessary at all you could be an engineer who becomes a content writer we have one today and she's fabulous uh you could be a content writer who becomes a designer or vice versa it's all about being honest with yourself being passionate and honestly just put your head down and work hard uh the harder you work in what you really want to do it's going to work for you i had no mba i had no business skills but i do think that today i'm better at business than design <laughs> it's just what has happened over the years um 15 years of running a business i'm doing accounts i'm doing um, client servicing business management um costing and things that i have never learned in my life but i've learned on the go so you should be open to learning i think learning is a lifelong process and that's the only reason i teach in different colleges it's very difficult i do get stretched between home child teaching learning and running beyond design but the minute you start teaching you are learning um go back and teach people it could be your helps little girl at home you could be teaching anything uh, you could be teaching design you could be teaching english but the minute you're teaching you're learning a lot you're also learning about emotion storytelling branding um it all comes with it so as long as you're honest passionate and real about what you want to do and you put in the work i think i mean if you ask yourself you get the answer somewhere from within on what you're really cut out for don't fool yourself because you've done a degree in design or a degree in engineering all doors are open we don't hire based on degrees we only hire based on passion i don't look at portfolios and you won't believe this but um, i do feel like if someone's passionate it does it does work Uh, I think it was great answer, and I think you know uh, that is, uh, <laughs> it is very difficult for you know for you know, especially the young talent, you know, young mind, very and how they mold themselves. No, also to... one more thing over there. Don't let big words get to you. Branding, design, UI, UX. It's 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 your mindset. It's what you really want to do. I often get people asking me, but. 
I want to do only UI. I don't want to do UX. You can't do UX if you don't understand UI. You can't do branding if you don't understand logo. So I get a lot of these big names saying I want to be a digital marketer, but you don't understand the space. So the big words is not the story. It's about your basic sense of what you want to really do in your life. Keep it very simple. Keep it minimal. Be honest. Be real. That's that's my only advice to the next generation. Many times, many times common sense is also yet to look at it. <laughs> yeah, I just now open questions for the no, audience. Uh, so please ask questions. Ask. We have a great entrepreneur with us. Okay, we have got one question from Nitin. He wants to know what process we should follow to decide branding. Sorry, I did not understand. To decide the branding for your company or to be a brand designer? Uh, Nitin, could you please elaborate? I think Geeta is asking. Could you please elaborate your question? For a company. Pick a design studio that you associate with. <laughs> so essentially, um, the process is, I would strongly suggest don't pick a design studio whose work you don't relate with. Maybe Beyond Design does very minimal communicative design and that's not your style. You want something more kish, more Indian. Then find a design studio, do a little research, speak to 10 studios, don't uh, narrow down on someone who will brand for you overnight. And before you speak to your studio, definitely do a little bit of research on your own brand. Who do you think you are? Where do you want to be in five years? Who is your target audience? What is your selling point? And hence, what do you want your personality to be? Because the minute you understand your brand and pick the right studio, your branding process becomes very, very simple. Post that, it's your lo name, logo, brand manual, and all the technical stuff that follows. But the first step is for you to understand your brand. And uh, yeah, I hope I've answered that. Yeah, we've got one from Amol. Um, the logo is a thoughtful process, but a lot of seniors want a quick one without spending much time. So how do you deal with that? Uh, I am the senior who tells them to give it in. <laughs> minutes uh, this is you can't blame your seniors clients asking for things overnight but it's very important for you to go tell your senior that hey this is going to take time which will make your senior respect you and realize that um, you are working on a thoughtful process um, that needs to launch in COVID times purely because I need to um, the brand is a sanitizer. It's only valid right now. If I don't launch right now, I'm going to make a loss. Then you just stay up nights and get it done. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think we have another question from Dunika, and she wants to know how can we decide brand color combination? Um, and layouting and she's given an example of so she wants to create a handicraft company logo so how how would you decide the color combination oh we have so much handicraft in india go back to our traditional arts go back to what we have uh, have a look at all of it find photographs pick with a picker find actual samples look at pantone shade card books don't only do it digitally those are not your final colors in print um 
yeah look at the books look at combinations i spoke a lot about taking combinations from nature i mean if you pick a kingfisher bird or you pick even like a parrot and take that green you might not be able to find the right shade but the parrot has the most beautiful shade of green if you get it right from the parrot's body a handicraft company to me is deeply indian uh, take bright colors have fun with it colors is something you need to have fun with be passionate about make 30 color boards and see what works for you uh, don't limit yourself to one is what i always say and don't think that it has to be any particular color because competitors did it or it can't be because competitors did it find your combination and if this handicraft company is yours think about how you who you are are you red or are you blue are you green or are you yellow who do you think you are what kind of clothes do you wear uh, what is your personality do you put bright makeup do you put dull makeup you could have a handicraft company that's um in very dull muted english colors and who is your target audience today if i am going to be selling abroad they they do want a particular set of colors today if i'm going to sell only to men they want they do have a certain mindset children completely different so a lot depends on what you're looking for do think through the process also that being said there are a lot of brand questionnaires online just google it find a few questionnaires so you ask yourself these questions then actually put your mind to the questions and see where it takes you great answer uh, we have another question from shivangi um and she wants to know how do you convince your clients the importance of design and the design thinking process you got to sit with them i sit with them and i brainwash them till they convince um it you just ask them a simple question of today for example if they are um give me an example of a brand um if they are nespresso coffee and show them tata coffee and say will that work for you and the minute they say no then there's a process to it give them examples of real world brands or uh, that one coffee doesn't work for another coffee today a siat tire branding doesn't work for an mrf tire their mindsets are different it's the same products it's the same offering their story is different uh their offering personality and emotions are different it's pretty much what we spoke through all through but you got to convince them with examples with real world examples for some reason indian clients get convinced better with international examples but use indian examples and convince them we have so much depth in our branding in this country and we have to have it shine out today a peppy is not going to work for a kurkure their mindset was different their name was different they were not spicy these guys are so how do you give them live examples of what they can relate to and immediately they'll say yes we need to think send them a basic brand questionnaire and they'll when they read it they get so confused that they know they need to think this through and then they know you need more time and then you need to explain to them that they have been born with their brand we have got it today <laughs> so we need some time to understand their brand better okay we can take i think one Let's more question. question yeah uh, so mayur wants to know what are the basic factors uh, that you should consider while branding um the emotion the story the colors the font it's a good question because it sums up today's talk um but after your logo is done ask yourself if you can relate to it 
if it is something that appeals to you and along with your team members take different people in your team's opinion it's not always about you sometimes you are blindsided sometimes you are having a good day or a bad day and you don't see the emotion in your brand um yeah it's every element fonts colors brand is really really wide like i said it's a baby and it comes with so much personality visual emotional mental physical you've got to sort of work on all the aspects when you're branding a company okay i know we said uh, last question okay, but we have very interesting question uh, by ashish and uh, he's asked how to use storytelling method on social media and uh, um, he's given an example of health related promotion you know how do you do that i am not a social media expert so this is a tough one but i do believe in storytelling through social media and i do think that's really really important because it's a great platform for you to get stories across but uh, from whatever i have learned and understood over the years social media is a platform where the attention span is very 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 small so whatever story you're trying to convey has to be a very strong emotion with a very strong visual visual speak a thousand words um if it's a health related brand how am i to trust you we worked with many 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 nutraceutical and pharmaceutical brands and we have done their social media how do i trust you so do i just want to see the word science and yes i do feel like they've researched who is my target audience and how will they trust me quickest because again this is health related trust becomes very 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 important so the emotion we work with with any health company is trust um yeah because you trust a particular doctor don't show me hearts and stethoscopes and you're wasting a lot of real estate on social media um i would use words i would use solutions uh, we have packaged a company called nutrova i don't know how many people have seen it but on the sign on the side it says science health nutrition that's who we are so your time with your customer is very 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 short lived so convey your story very strongly through visuals through your product images let them see your product today if you are a spinach powder for example or a whey protein powder put the powder there with the one word that tells your story keep your story very very crisp for social media people don't have the time or the attention span they're continuously browsing stories you have all of 2 to 3 seconds to grab attention um yeah and have your shop now have you the right buttons the right messaging with the right buttons there are a lot of very interesting courses i recently did on linkedin very powerful platform not used much instagram and facebook i used a lot more linkedin is great to reach your targeted audience with a good story people spend more time on it uh, is what's been proven so definitely try these थैंक्स फॉर योर टाइम अगेन थैंक्स
and uh, our next next session is going to begin at 2:30 so uh, we'll all be waiting for you guys um go get a lunch and then i'll we'll see you back again bye bye bye, -bye. thank you Thanks. Bye.